0: welcome to the high vibration living podcast i'm your host chef whitney aronoff founder of starseed kitchen and high vibration foods join me for conversation where we learn about food wellness beauty travel and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Marin Epstein. Marin Epstein is a health-supportive chef with a degree from the Natural Gourmet Institute. She specializes in developing diets and recipes for gut health that are gluten-free. Marin's recipes are also predominantly plant-based, paleo, vegan, soy-free, and dairy-free. All of her recipes are designed to support those on anti-inflammatory and gluten-free diets. Marin has had a lot of experience in the alternative health fields as a certified colon hydrotherapist. She has a private practice in New Jersey and Brooklyn, New York called H2O Flow and soon to be expanding into new territories. Welcome to the podcast, Marin.
1: Thank you for having me, Whitney.
0: Oh, it's such my it's such a pleasure. And for anyone listening, Marin and I met in culinary school back in, I believe, 2015.
1: Yep. It's been a long journey and a great friendship.
0: Absolutely. I'm so grateful, grateful that, um, that we connected back then. And it's been so nice to have another chef friend to connect with and catch up with and get advice from through the years because we both have the same mission. We just want people to feel good in their bodies and help them and guide them to the type of foods that can support them in doing that.
1: It's true. And it's also nice to have you um, to bounce ideas off of because we both have slightly different views. They're both very similar. We just have like a little bit of a different approach to get to the same goal. So, you know, when I met you in culinary school, I think it's a solid raw vegan and you'd make halibut for lunch. And so, like, you know, you taught me all different ways and opened my mind to and tastes to all sorts of different foods that I've never either tried or even considered. So, you know, working with you in culinary school was a great experience from that end and also just friendship-wise. And um, fun fact, Brittany, I mean, sorry, I was thinking about my friend Brittany was helping with my blog. Whitney um, lived with me for like three weeks after school when she was in between places and she would go into the woods and pick berries for us. <laughs> and as a thank you, she reorganized my tea drawer. Oh, yeah. Stayed that way until I moved. So I always open my tea drawer and think of it.
0: Oh, thank you. I had such a great time staying with you. And that was such, um, it was exactly what I needed to be surrounded by a friend who was going through the same transition of coming out of culinary school and trying to figure out how to apply it into their life, while also supporting me with cleansing. Um, I really needed a a deep detox after culinary school, because no matter whether you go to a health supportive culinary school or traditional culinary school, you are going to end up eating foods that are different than what you are used to and on a different time schedule. And you're just going to get a little bit out of balance. So I needed a deep cleanse and you introduced me to juicing in the morning and colonics and it was life changing.
1: Totally. I mean, where What else? What other host gives colonics and juice?
0: <laughs> yeah. So funny. Well, you really you helped me kind of lose those like five, ten pounds of culinary weight, and just really feel good in my body again. And that was by recommending that I juice in the morning, so my breakfast. And any snacks in the morning was just juice. And then by lunchtime, I could have a nice healthy salad. But the goal was to juice every morning and then get occasional colonics just to make sure I'm releasing any toxic buildup and waste that's cellularly being um, let go. And it's maybe too much that my body can release. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that routine? Yeah, that you recommend to your clients?
1: So um, basically the idea of, so we cleanse um, in two ways, in the absence of eating food and in the introduction of alkaline food that pulls waste. So um, our bodies are alkaline. We have a negative charge Um, toxic foods, um, not necessarily toxic, but acidic foods have a positive charge. They um, and that would be anything that's not plant-based and um, what happens you know, there's a song about opposites and magnets. What happens? Opposites trap. So when we eat, talk, uh, no, I'm not going to say toxic, it's not all acidic food is toxic. When we eat foods that are acidic, like meat, uh, dairy, wheat, mostly processed foods, um, a little bit stays behind because it sticks to us. Uh, reasons of polarity, like I just discussed, and then also just mechanically. Um, our bodies aren't as strong to push out tons of waste that doesn't have a lot of fiber in it. And so things tend to get stuck. So things like that don't have a lot of fiber, like meat or chocolate bars, things that kind of you feel good after eating because there's no fiber kind of expanding your gut. They're hard to pass. So a little bit gets left behind over time um, because our body recycles water through the gut, basically two quarts of water go into the colon and out constantly. And there's something everybody's talking about—a new buzzword, leaky gut syndrome, um, which is basically just like little holes in the uh, lining of the intestine. So through those holes, that everybody has, uh, waste that's been sitting in the intestine for a long time, whether it be the colon or the small intestine, then gets carried out of out of the intestine through that water, because the the water is going into the body through the mouth and then out from the the organ. The intestine into the bloodstream. From the bloodstream, it then carries it around. So if you think about your body like um a city, right? Are the veins in the blood, that's the streets where everything travels. The cells are your houses. And the intestine, the colon, is the dump. Um when the dump is full, the you know. The cells, the houses, leave the trash on the side of the road for the garbage truck to come down the streets, which is the blood, pick it up, drop off new supplies, and bring the junk to the dump. When the dump is full, there becomes a backlog. So the cells can't get rid of their waste. So everything starts to pile up. So imagine if you lived in New York City and the garbage truck just didn't come for three weeks. Like, what would your house look like? What would the streets look like? That's what happens to the body. So the idea is we create... Um, space and availability to cleanse through time. So, if you've probably heard of intermittent fasting, another buzzword, um, and then also through the foods we eat. So, we want to essentially support the body to a eliminate old blockages that have formed and eat in a way that prevents new blockages from forming. And that's how the body cleanses on a cellular level. So, the two practices that Whitney introduced when she stayed with me, juicing in the morning. And colonics essentially supported those two modalities, which all aim to cleanse the body so the body can heal on, on its own. Um, not eating in the morning simply extends the time of fasting. We go through a fast every night. No matter, like we don't we don't eat in the middle of the night, or if we do, like there's still some time that we don't eat. And what happens in that time is that the body no longer has to digest food because, for simplicity's sake, we could do one of two things: we can digest food send all of our blood to the intestine, um, mechanically digest that food and then put it away. Or we can not digest food and then go into the cells and release waste that then gets dumped into the colon and the other five alimentary, eliminated organs like the sun, skin, limb, all that stuff. Um, But basically by not eating in the morning, You are just giving yourself time. You're extending that fasting period from eight hours to even 10 hours. Even if you delay eating solid breakfast by one or two hours a day, you're adding anywhere from seven to 14 hours of fasting that are still beneficial. There's a myth that you need to fast in a row to get benefit. You do not need to fast for long periods of time. All fasting adds up, whether it's 40 days in a row or 40 days over the course of a year by just delaying eating your breakfast. So the juice, what it does is it gives you everything you need, vitamins, minerals, live enzymes, nutrients, without stimulating digestion, because there's no fiber in the juice. So your body absorbs all of that good stuff within 10 minutes of drinking it, and you get the benefit without actually having to mechanically digest. Because once you start mechanically digesting, that's when your body shuts off that fasting response, and then it goes into the digesting response. So... Not only are you doing that, but the juice has tons of chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is essentially the blood of plant, and it's intestinal drain When you drink chlorophyll, not only is it feeding the body, but it's essentially scrubbing the walls of the intestine, and it's so alkaline that it magnetically pulls waste from the cells. So you're lubricating, pulling toxicity, and priming your body for a morning elimination. Um, Then, on the side of that, some people, most pretty much all people do need some sort of bowel cleansing help when they're doing something like this because a lot of that stuff that you ate or breathed in or you know shots that you got as a kid, if you couldn't eliminate it 10 years ago, chances are you need a little help now. So the body kind of gets a little overloaded. Like the dump gets full and it gets fuller faster because once you start juicing, your body starts dumping toxicity like crazy. So the clonic or enema is really just kind of the cleanup crew. It's a, just helps your body get rid of the waste that you put it on your own. So doing a clinic, like usually I would recommend like once a month for someone like Whitney going through what she was doing, maybe once a week, depending. Um, it just kind of helps the body eliminate that which puts it on its own so that it can keep doing the work. It just kind of speeds up the process.
0: Now so, I was curious. So I've, I knew that you would be able to answer this question. I've started going back to doing the infrared sauna 3 to 4 times a week. And That's great. it is obviously helping with the inflammation and I just overall feel better, but I've also found that I'm not have I'm not eliminating like I used to and I'm becoming more constipated. Is it because I'm dehydrated or is it because my body is releasing more cellular waste that needs to come out and I really have to start doing a weekly enema to release all the additional toxins that I'm eliminating through the infrared sauna?
1: Um, well, so I've always looked at the infrared sauna as a supportive cleansing modality to the enemas and the food. And um, what's probably happening is you're cleansing really well with your infrared sauna, but if you're really getting good sweat in, chances are you're just not as hydrated as you were. So, I mean, that's one thing I noticed living in Florida. Um, I ride horses, and if I'm out in the sun all day, sweating, I could drink three bottles of water and I never have pee. So I think you're just kind of simulating that same experience. Um, So you could hydrate with an enema, or you could hydrate with more water. So if you're any day that you're going into the sauna, just try to be conscious about drinking another like a liter of water. Like if you're sweating out two pounds in the sauna, that's two pounds of toxicity, but also two pounds of water that's getting kind of sucking the colon dry. So you could do an enema, which is always going to help. Yeah. Or just drink some water. But either way, you just got to replace that replace that um, hydration that you're losing.
0: Thank you. That's super helpful. Well, I would love to learn more about how you transitioned out of culinary school. And how you decided to apply everything that you learned to your life and into your business. Um, Because I know you had to decide how to make a transition and, you know, transition your career with all the information that you learned. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you went from culinary school to continuing your colon hydrotherapy business, creating your website, Eating Works, um, and really combining the two worlds together?
1: Sure. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My life would have been way simpler. if I didn't go to culinary school and I just kept on going with the very simple business model of give a colonic, give another colonic and that's it. But um, I obviously wanted to use those skills. The the real reason I went to culinary school was because I had so many clients who came to colonics and um, I would be able to tell them what to eat, and what not to eat. But I couldn't tell them how to make it taste good. I wasn't a chef growing up. I never liked to cook. I didn't know how to cook. I mean, I literally survived off of, like, avocados and steamed broccoli and juice. If I ever ate anything good, it was because I went out to a raw vegan restaurant and bought it or or something like that. So I really just went so I could better support my clients in um, teaching them recipes and practical ways to apply the principles that I was teaching them in my practice. So I essentially started Eating Works, which... I did want to be a blog business, but I was so busy with colonics that it kind of fell to the side and eating works really just became like a repertoire of recipes and resources for my clients. So I would write a recipe, post it, send it out. And my clients would hopefully make them and apply them to their life. So that's really kind of where it started. And then with the pandemic and everything, I got a bit more into nutritional coaching. So I started teaching like, you know, a six week program where I soup to nuts, teach all these principles, how to apply them along with handholding each client so that they could, um, apply them intelligently because cleansing is only as good as, um, how applicable it is to the individual. So, it's important that if you don't know what you're doing yourself, to work with somebody who could help guide you. Because all of our bodies are the same; we're just on different spectrums. Like, you like, we wouldn't feed a 12 year old kid who grew up in Africa only eating sweet potatoes and healthy food to some, you know, a 90 year old geriatric patient in the United States who only eats Jello and Meals on Wheels. It wouldn't work. So um, that's why I did it. And since the pandemic you know, I really leaned on my culinary degree because I started doing recipe development and food photography for others. And that has been a really good resource because obviously it was hard to get to somebody's butt and give them a colonic during the pandemic. (laughs) Now I can do it again, but um, I think that it's been good. Like, you know, I, the colonics have always been the bread and butter of what I do, but culinary school has been a wonderful, um, I also started a spice company, a little bit inspired by yours truly over here. And that's been another fun little antidote.
0: So what are some of the principles that you teach when somebody gets a colonic with you or works with you one-on-one as a coach?
1: Um, There are three principles, uh, eating light to heavy. So eating the lightest foods first in the day and moving towards your heaviest foods so that the body can um, stay fasted as long as possible. So the idea of you know juicing in the morning, which causes uses no digestion and eating fruit, following that, which goes through the body fast, followed by vegetables and starches and proteins. That way you can kind of keep everything moving and then save the heavier meals for nighttime, right before the nighttime fast, when the body can really sort through everything. And all that is just to kind of keep the highway moving and uh, prevent backups from forming. So that's one. The other principle is that of detoxification itself. The fact that, you know, in the United States, we have a putter inner mentality. What can I put into my body to get what I need out of it? Everybody's looking for the next superfood, um, you know, or medicine to feel better, which while all those things work, they work because they're stimulants. The truth is, our, we're born with everything we need. Our bodies are perfect machines. We need to take, it's what can we take out so that we can generate energy from within and function. It's, you know, we're no different than the toilet in your house and the plumbing to the, the engine in your car. You know, if you go for an oil change, figure out the old stuff so that everything runs smoothly. So that's another very, I mean, again, all these uh, principles are radically simple and yet people overlook them. So that's another one. Yeah. And then...
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, so if people want to start a cleanse or they want to change their diet in the in the new year, how do you suggest that they start? Or what are some simple things that they can just add in or remove to start kind of a a refresh in the new year?
1: There are two ways people can do it. Um, Luckily every change for the positive is a cleansing change, whether it's not drinking soda or even adding one extra glass of water. So if somebody wants to do something really simple, uh, just simply making a better choice for yourself every day, whether it's, you know, you could pick the fruit or the chips, go for the fruit, you know, that alone is simple enough. But um, if you want to really dive into a light cleanse, the best way to structure one's day is based on food combinations. So that's digesting foods that digest at the same rate of time and with the same enzymes. And what that's going to do is it's going to speed up your metabolism so the simple act of speeding up the metabolism will help the body cleanse because there won't be as much of a lag time during the digestion. And that, um, that metabolic rate is really the difference between people who can eat chips and soda and feel great and people who eat one piece of bread and get bloated and sick for a week. It's how quickly their metabolism can put everything off. So by speeding that up, uh, you're gonna cleanse. So I would start every morning with a juice or some tea or fruit. If you're going to do coffee, try and stay away from the cow dairy, go towards like sheep or goat dairy, or even an almond milk. Um, And then if you do have any regular animal products in the morning, just make sure they're full fat. So full fat cream in the coffee. If you're going to eat an egg, don't do an egg white, do the whole thing. Just eat whole ingredients and stay away from anything that's reduced fat or reduced calories or sugar-free. Because anytime you remove fat from a product, they have to put chemicals into it to restabilize it because fat is actually a natural food preservative and stabilizer. You will not lose weight by eating sugar-free. You'll just gain weight. So that's one way. Um, I would then have uh, like a simple smoothie. So and by smoothie, I don't mean the entire kitchen sink and whatever sitting in your pantry thrown into a blender because all that's going to do is make you bloated. A fruit smoothie should be simply fruit and a little bit of a liquid. So what I like to do is I'll do um, like a banana date cashew butter. That one's on my blog. You don't even need a recipe for that. It's just simply frozen bananas, a couple of dates, a scoop of almond butter, and some coconut water. That's a really great way. Um, Another really good smoothie you could do, like if you're like us and lucky enough to live in a warm climate, you could do a Thai coconut smoothie. So simply taking the meat of some coconuts and coconut water and blending that it's essentially the coconut is the same as our blood plasma. So, and it's full of healthy fats and not a lot of sugar, but it tastes like vanilla milkshake. So just doing that even a couple of days a week would be really helpful. A lunch, you know, you can eat your normal lunch, but just start with salad. Uh, salad acts like a broom. It um, literally is like the tugboat that pulls the big ships through the harbor. What it's going to do is it will be, kind of act like a broom and sweep the walls of the intestine to get rid of old waste and make room for the new food to come through. And it will also physically widen the intestine because of all the fiber. So we'll literally clear a path for those heavier meals. So, you know, even if you're going to have steak tacos, have a salad first. It's not that hard. That's a great way to go. And if you really are ambitious, you can keep your starches and your protein separate. So eating a starch-based lunch would be sweet potatoes, corn, Cook, any cooked starchy vegetable, grains, so faro, quinoa, buckwheat, brown rice. Um, so plant-based starchy lunch, legumes. Um, and then for dinner, wait four hours. And again, start with a fresh salad. And at that point, your lettuce out, you could even just have a handful of cherry tomatoes. Any kind of raw vegetable is going to do the same job of pushing the waste through and opening the intestine. And that's when you would have your uh, protein meal. So salmon, chicken, fish anything like that uh, accompanied by a low starch vegetable. So zucchini, broccoli, cauliflower, you know, green beans, Um, sauces that are, you know, cream based are fine or butter based, or even a tomato sauce is good. And then pairing that with like a light dessert, like dark chocolate or like a chai tea, sweetened with a little bit of, Stevia and the raw, or monk fruit sugar, or even real sugar. Uh, doing that, that's a very cleansing diet. You'll definitely feel a difference.
0: So you've lived in climates that have the four seasons, and now you live in a climate that's prom- you know—traditionally mm-hmm. warm all the time. How mm-hmm. do? How did you consistently drink? a green juice in the morning in the winter time when it was really cold outside, how were you able to, to still crave that or want to make that in the morning when it's, you know, super cold and frigid outside? Did you ever have a problem doing that or was it, has it always just oh. come easy to you?
1: Oh uh, no, it is harder. Okay. It's definitely hard hard drink. I mean, because, you know, foods can be yin or yang in um, acupuncture I mean, sorry, I can't even speak anymore. Chinese medicine. So like when we're cold, we want more yang foods that tend to like stick to our bones. So yeah. meat is, you know, soups, cooked foods, whereas like the raw foods and the plants, the yin, they kind of, they're cleansing. So they strip the body. So they make you colder. So it's definitely harder to eat a very um, yin diet when you're living in a cold environment. Um, so what I would do is I would just, make more like yang foods or warming foods that stuck around longer. So I made lots of soups, roasted root vegetables. My juices were not as green. Um, Here in Florida, like I'll throw pineapple, apple, tons of greens. You know, my juices are always green, they're never brown. But in the winter in Florida, uh, I mean, in New Jersey and New York, I drank a lot of carrot juice in the winter. So like carrot celery, carrot romaine lettuce, carrot beet, um, you don't want too much carrot in the juice, but I usually would use a base of like one third to 50% of the juice being a root vegetable. And I'd even throw some warming herbs in there. Like um, I I'd, I'd put pumpkin pie spice and cayenne pepper in my carrot juice with some ginger. And I would never drink it cold. Um, I would always juice that stuff warm, like room temperature. And if I went to a juice bar and got it, I would kind of just like leave it out for a little while until it, at least went to room temperature and drink it because if I drank, I'm sure this happens to, to anybody. But if you drink like a cold green juice in a cold environment, it just like it, it just kind of freezes you over. You get cold and like nothing will bring you back. Um, another thing I would do if it's like really cold or if I had to go outside, I would you know skip the juice or have the juice later and start my day with like miso soup. The miso soup that Elliot taught us in school, like, I mean, I make that all the time and that's a great breakfast to have in cold weather. It's still cleansing and supportive, but it just, it's warming and it, it just makes you feel better.
0: Yeah. The ginger idea in the juice in the morning is brilliant. I think I'm going to start to incorporate that. I don't know why I didn't think about that. That's really smart to do since ginger is so naturally warming. Brilliant. Yeah, you can
1: even throw a little turmeric in if you have it.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's easy to get. Thank you. That's really no helpful. Um, do you have a favorite juicer, any that you recommend? Yeah.
1: I know there's so many better juicers out there, but I really like the Breville. I mean, I've been using it for years. It's just easy. I'm lazy. I don't like to wait for juice to masticate, even though that's better. Yeah, um, I, I can't sit and stare at a juicer for 45 minutes. I don't have the time, I don't have the patience. So, I like the Burdell because you don't have to cut anything, it's got a big wide mouth, and you just zip everything through. And I literally line the juicer bit um, pulp for the pulp with a bag, and I just chuck the bag. Again, I know it's not the most environmentally friendly, it's not the best juice, but as long as you're drinking juice that's been made through a centrifugal juicer right away, it's still very good. If anything, I would say. A juice made that way instead of being pressed is better if you drink because you drink it right away. Whereas if you go to a juice bar and they do all the pressed juices, those things can be sitting on the shelf for three days before you even drink it. And most companies dilute them with water anyway or even cold pasteurize them. So I just say get a cheap Breville juicer like a hundred bucks. It's small. It sits on the counter. It's the best thing.
0: So after culinary school, when I moved back to California, I worked at a juice bar because I just wanted to see how it really worked. Um, mm-hmm. and I went to, a, and worked at a juice bar that had, they cold pressed their juice and they absolutely let their juice sit on the shelf for seven days. So people were buying seven day old juice and yeah, for that, like $12. yeah, and that's not going to provide you really any, any benefits. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I really always try to suggest to people that they either need to make it fresh themselves or they need to go get it fresh. Like the last thing they need is something that's, that's sealed in a plastic, you know, container and sitting on a refrigerated shelf for seven days. That's not going to oh, yeah. provide you with what, okay. what you're really looking for.
1: It's better than nothing, but it's just simply not worth the money you're spending on it. Most of the time, like, I'd rather just not juice and spend the $24 on something that I know is, you know, so old that all the enzymes and vitamins are dead. Yes. I mean, I'm not proud I'll still drink it, but, you know, when you see the trendy juice bar with the pressed juice, like, go the other way and just go to the deli. That makes fresh.
0: I completely agree. I'm on the same same wavelength. So I'm glad that's, that's – what you recommend as well. Yeah, it's just common sense. Why eat something old when you can have something fresh? Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef crafted organic spice blends made with only good for you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 magic herbs and spices on starseedkitchen.com. Use code starseed for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy Who are your cleanse mentors? So where did you start to learn this information from?
1: Well, I started to learn from Natalia Rose because when I was sick, I read one of her books and then saw her as a client. But then she sent me to Gil Jacobs and I would say he was my big mentor because I saw him for Clonix up to every five days for years. Wow! And then after I started getting better, I worked for him for a year. And we became great friends. So I was really lucky to learn from the master himself, who also taught Natalia. But I also thank Natalia for, you know, breaking everything down into something that felt uh, relatable and usable to an average American girl. Whereas, you know, Gil's like very radical and hippie-ish. And I think as like a teenager, it would have been harder for me to a find him because I mean the guy at that point only operated his business with a phone line. Like if you did not have his phone number, you weren't getting treatments. Like, so it was a very much like a niche and no type of thing. And, um, so I was very lucky to be connected with him and I could easily say he saved my life. So I would say he was my big mentor and Natalia really, um, made it relatable.
0: Well, thanks to you, I had the pleasure of meeting him. And when I was, I remember that. yeah, I had the best time meeting him. And he had shared with me um, one of the things that he recommends for clients that need to kind of lose lose weight in two weeks, or just lighten things up quickly, or they just need a, like a jump start, and then to just move into a more relaxed cleansing lifestyle. He recommended juicing in the morning, having a big bowl of fruit for lunch. <laughs> And then a healthy salad and light protein for dinner. Um, Since you worked for him, you know, have you heard this before? And what do you think about that?
1: I've heard that before. And it's exactly what I recommend to to clients. But it makes perfect sense, I think, because um, Gil wants the lifestyle to be easy for people, which is kind of hard considering how extreme his own lifestyle can be. So I think that he finds that he can help women um, stick to this and really achieve their goal by giving them something applicable and easy, which really like women love salad. We do best with greens and protein. So as long as we're creating that time in the morning, you know, to give our body some time to cleanse, um, unless you're laden with, you know, bacteria and uh, fungus, the fruit will work, especially the low glycemic fruit, like berries and all the keto keto friendly fruits. So yeah, I think he basically says stick with an alkaline keto diet, which is super helpful. And it works. I mean, I've had hundreds of clients and most of them will lose a couple of pounds in a couple weeks, even if it's water and waste. They just overall look a little bit tighter and feel better.
0: So what are some of those winter um keto fruits that you recommend? Um, well, I
1: really like pomegranates. Um, I mean, I could eat like 17 of those in a sitting. I just absolutely love them. So pomegranates would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, citrus is winter, but it's really not low sugar. Mm-hmm. But you could totally enjoy, you know, a couple of clementines. I, I think you don't really need to limit the fruit sugar if you are not yeasted because fruit sugar is very cleansing. Like, it moves through the body quickly. It's a carbohydrate. So it's not necessarily keto, but it's the best thing to give you energy provide nutrients and hydration all at the same time. And if you think about it, fruit really is the perfect food for humans. It falls off the tree when it's ripe, it sits in the palm of your hand, and you can eat the whole thing. I mean, we really were designed to eat fruit. You know, fruit has gotten a bad rep these days, but mm-hmm. the fruit's not bad. It's the it's the system you're putting it in. If you're putting it in a system that has pathogens that survive off the of sugar, you feed them they're gonna get stronger so you know just uh you just have to kind of fumigate and exterminate all those nasty buggers living in your intestine and then you can eat fruit
0: how do you know if you're yeasty
1: you know you know it's hard because literally every symptom under the sun is a symptom of candida but chances are if you're a woman living in modern society you have it uh one tell tail sign is if you've had um multiple yeast infections vaginal yeast infections then you definitely have candida because people associate yeast with vaginal infections but um, the the truth is that yeast is a intestinal infection when the body becomes so overridden by yeast that yeast gets into the bloodstream and then it gets deposited to other warm areas of the body like the armpits, vaginal canal ferment, testes so that's when you'll see it Um, Also skin disruptions. So lots of pimples, eczema, itchy red skin. That's a sign of candida because again, it's that of the body pushing that, that candida up through the skin and it, it angers the skin on its way out. Another symptom, if you can't eat fruit or bread, that's a telltale sign. A, Mm -hmm. if you can't leave those things alone, like if you just, if you feel like there's like another, like an otherworldly craving intensity for carbs and sugar, chances are you're yeasted. So if you can't leave the bread basket alone, you go out to eat. Um, yeah, you probably have it. Another sign would be if you can't digest it. So if you eat anything with sugar or bread and you get extremely bloated right away, that's a sign too. Because um, the yeast have a feeding frenzy when you put that sugar in. And, you know, if you've ever made bread, you know that when you put sugar and yeast together, they start eating and mm-hmm. everything starts getting fizzy. The same thing happens in the intestine. So, if you have to take a nap and have to unbutton your pants after eating a bowl of fruit, chances are, yeah, you've got some yeast. But it's no big deal. Everybody gets it. It's easy. To, it's not easy, but you can kill it, and it doesn't take that long. You just kind of have to get it under control. You'll never fully get rid of it.
0: Yeah, you're. So you're a gut health expert. How do you recommend when someone's noticing those symptoms that they edit their diet so they can kill off? the excess amount of yeast? Well, the easiest way to
1: kill off yeast is to cut off its food source. You kind of have to starve it out. So starving it out would be taking away its its food, which is sugar. So unfortunately, sugars and grains have to go. There's other minor foods that feed yeast, like they really like vinegar. So if you want to get strict, you could eliminate vinegars. But the truth is um, an alkaline keto diet is the easiest way to kill yeast. And you can support that cleansing through certain supplements. Like I really like Candex or Candy Gun because it kills the yeast without um, causing die-off symptoms. Because, again, yeast, they're really hard to kill because the second they feel distressed, they release endotoxins that stimulate your brain to crave their food source. So it just – the second they start to die, you feel like those cravings for sugar just come back harder and harder. So it really is a battle of the wills. But – One thing I like to do is take the CANDEX and what it does is it erodes the cellular wall of these so that they die without having time to release the endotoxin. So that's one thing that helps. Uh, Hydrogen peroxide therapy Mm. is a really good one, drinking peroxide. But again, I say that with a grain of salt because you have to be very careful. You have to put in only one drop for every two ounces of water and you can work your way up to 52 drops, but that's a lot of water. And you can seriously hurt yourself if you don't, um, If you don't follow that ratio properly, especially with food grade peroxide, since it has such a high percentage of oxygen in it, um, you can ulcerate the intestine. So that's something I would do only if you're really paying attention and maybe under somebody else's care, but um, you really can't go wrong with that. Another easy, cheap way to go is just swallowing a garlic clove. You know, garlic kills parasites, including yeast. So obviously if you chew it, not only will your breath stink, but... You'll have digested it before it gets to the colon. But if you swallow it, then it will stay whole and sit in the intestine. So anything for the 24 hours that it comes into contact while it's in there will die. So you know, a lot of a lot of um, parasites have a 30-day gestation period. So if you swallow garlic every day for 30 days, you can kill
0: um, the eggs as they hatch. Amazing. Um, how many garlic cloves should you swallow a day? one and cut it up. And and I don't want anybody choking,
1: (laughs) you know, so you can swallow a, a clove that's a reasonable size, but anything bigger than, you know, the size of a, of a piece of corn will not be fully broken down.
0: Got it. And should you have that with your green juice in the morning? Should you have it with lunch, dinner? Does it matter? Doesn't matter
1: as long as it gets there.
0: Could you be doing this with the garlic clove to kill the yeast and be eating juice in the morning, fruit for lunch and a healthy dinner of vegetables and protein? Or should you, you eliminate could. the fruit?
1: Most of the time you need to eliminate the fruit. But again, you know, do as much as you can. If you're go and and think about the perspective, if you're going from eating sugar at every meal to only eating you know, a bowl of low sugar fruits a day. Yeah, you probably will still kill yeast, but you will never fully eliminate them as long as there's sugar in the diet. Um, so, my rule of thumb is usually to eliminate the fruit for forty
0: for four weeks. Oh wow, got it. These so, are great tips. Like you're motivating me to like do a nice little kickstart um, after okay. I'm done cooking for the holiday season.
1: Oh, same. I'm like. Again, you know, I live in Florida now and it's so social down here. Like I'm always going out to eat. Every mm-hmm. like the second I think I my schedule is clear, another like dinner or something props up. So and because I don't have a colonic unit in my house right now I'm building it, I'm not doing them as often. So I'm feeling it too, and I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm ready to kick things off in the new year. Um, but I'd love to know since you're a gut health expert and you're a chef, what are some easy to digest foods we can prepare during the winter time in the colder months is there anything in particular you like to cook this time of year soup 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 soups. yeah that's
1: one thing that that's about living in the warm environment I just want to eat soup all the time and it's not cold out it's, there's no snow so it's not as cozy but um, any kind of vegetable dairy free soup is going to be great um, obviously like so I have a ton on my blog and so do you Winnie. like you know, sweet potato soup, pumpkin soup, pea soup, any kind carrot soup, carrot ginger soup.
0: I uh, love a carrot ginger sweet potato soup, pureed. I've been making a lot of pureed soups for my clients and it's been, it's kind of been life changing. Um, it is. It's, I, it's, I absolutely love it. And sometimes I do a vegetable pureed soup um, and then I have like a, a little Japanese yam or sweet potato on the side. And it's so good. Like I'm really into doing, bone broth, yellow onion, garlic, um, and then pick your green vegetable, whether it's asparagus, um, broccoli, zucchini. Simmer that all together, puree it, and then I have a little Japanese yam on the side, um, and I put my healthy fat on the Japanese yam so the fat was never cooked. So maybe that's a little ghee or a little olive oil, and it's, it's the nicest dinner. And I think of you often when I have a meal like that. I'm like, oh, Marion would be so proud. <laughs> this is so balanced.
1: I'm proud and jealous. I want that meal. It sounds perfect. So yeah, that's my favorite thing for um, dinner in the winter: is soup and a starchy vegetable with some fat, exactly like that. Like I'll put on salted butter cookie on a sweet potato and have an avocado and call it a day. I mean, what could be better? So I think the soups. It actually reminds me when I had my practice in Park Slope. There was a the soup shop. And they only opened up in the winter and they had a lot of vegan pureed soups and everything was five bucks. So you could get like a quart wow. of soup for $5. And I would go there and get like three different kinds of soups a day and have one for lunch and like one for dinner and one for a snack. And after my juice and sometimes it's, oh, this is a trick that I forgot. My office was always really cold because it was like a ground floor in Brooklyn, but um, I would have like a juice. And then as soon as it digested, like 10 or 15 minutes later, I'd have soup. So I would just get the juice in and then, like, warm right up with the soup afterwards. So that's exactly what I'd recommend. Another way is a warm salads. So, or a wilted salad. Uh, that was something we learned about in school.
0: Yeah, I used uh, to make that all the time back in the day. I
1: love it. I still, like, I miss them. I haven't made them in a while. But they're the best. Just, like, taking your greens and warming up in a skillet before you eat them.
0: It's, yeah.
1: It's So you know, your diet can still be cleansing even if it's cooked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you're breaking down different cellular walls and pulling different nutrients out of the vegetable and your body will recognize it a little bit differently when you digest it. It is really fascinating um, reading the research about the different benefits you get from a juiced or raw carrot versus a roasted cooked carrot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really think that the benefit of raw foods is entirely in the juice because, you know, the body has to break down the food and our intestines heat things up. So we're losing enzymes anyway when we're eating some raw foods. Um, again, I love me some raw food and I'd be a full raw foodist if I had 18 hours to eat a day to sprout and dehydrate everything. Yeah. But um, you can get just as much benefit from something cooked, especially if you're somebody with, you know, IBS or constipation, irritable bowel syndrome, celiac disease, Crohn's, colitis. Any kind of inflammatory condition will benefit more from a cooked, softer vegetable than a raw one. So that way you can eat a vegetable without aggravating the system.
0: What do you think of lentils, split pea soup, um, any type of legume? Are you a fan of them if they're soaked and washed and prepared properly? Or do yeah, you try to I, stay I, away?
1: You no, know, I'm a fan. I think if you, so my whole mentality is um, we need to eat a diet that says clean, as our as it needs to be no cleaner so you know we're put on this planet to enjoy our lives not to you know uh, nobody's winning a million dollars for not eating legumes and saying no to everything and not even drinking tea and only drinking hot water because they're a raw foodist I mean I would have won that million dollars already has not come <laughs> so I think that if you can digest legumes then by all means go for it I think they're easiest to digest when they're in a soup because they've been mm-hmm. cooked down and they're In a lot of liquid, but they are naturally miscombined. They're half protein, half starch, so naturally they will cause gas, and they'll take a little longer to digest. Just Mm. if you're gonna eat it, eat it in a vegan meal or a starch-based meal with some fats. Don't you know? Don't pile on your split pea soup with a piece of chicken. It'll make it harder. But you just kind of have to eat it and be your own judge. Like I know that I can handle it if I'm good. If I'm a little bit constipated and I haven't been that good eating a little a lentil soup will make me feel like I could fall through the floorboards. But if I'm in a good place, I could digest it. And it's like warming and filling and great.
0: That's super helpful. Thank you for sharing that with me. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. I think we've all read so much information, we can get crazy. Yeah, you can get crazy. You can just spin down the rabbit hole. um, And then you can get paranoid of food that really is good for you. You know, if again, prepared properly and enjoyed in moderation. Yeah. I mean, the truth is all food is bad for you because food doesn't want to be eaten. That's so true. And so it all has mechanisms to protect itself from you trying not to eat it, meaning it can cause gas or digestive disorders and a variety of different things. Even
1: plants don't want to be eaten, so they have lectins and other things that irritate their e- the people who come around and eat them in hopes that they will stop. It's just nature. You know, it's a matter of which irritants we can handle and which ones we can't. If you try to avoid irritants, you'll just starve to death. So you kind of just have to, like, use your brain and figure out what works for you and and try not to get too nuts.
0: Yeah, so what do you think, since we learned this in culinary school, and this is in tons of, you know, old-school, health-supportive, books, the concept of not eating lectins or nightshades. So we learned about this long before Dr. Gundry was talking about this and promoting this, the idea of avoiding bell peppers and jalapenos and eggplants and tomatoes because it causes or exacerbates arthritic conditions. What do you think about avoiding lectins or nightshades?
1: I think unless you don't have a reason to avoid them, you can enjoy them. I mean, I feel like my my entire diet is like nightshades in the summer. I mean, I just had grilled eggplant for dinner last night. It was delicious. Um, I think eating a ton of cooked tomatoes will be inflammatory, so maybe limiting cooked tomatoes to a couple times a week. But really, if you, if if God didn't give you a reason to avoid it, enjoy it. But if you have a severely active um, condition acts exacerbated by inflammation such as arthritis psoriasis then i would say sure maybe avoid them but again look at the perspective how many people don't eat nightshades and then they go and eat like a gluten-free cake filled with chemicals yeah. i mean let's let's look at the real problem here i think lectins are not lectins usually are not the biggest problem unless again you are severely ill
0: so Um, Not long after culinary school, I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Maui, and my aunt was talking to me about how she was a little stiff and feeling like she was getting a little arthritis, and I mentioned to her, um, well, why don't you stop eating some nightshades for a few weeks and see how that makes you feel? And her response was, well, then life's not worth living. I love my salsa. I love adding bell peppers to my salads. Like, you know, she's like, you know, these to me are healthy foods, why would I avoid eating foods that bring me so much joy for a little bit of physical relief? She's like, it, the payout's not worth it for me. And that really provided such great perspective for me because, you know, it's really easy, again, to just to get super rigid and dogmatic about your food choices. And um, that's not necessarily the answer. It's
1: true. Again, you know... If you can enjoy your life while eating a bell pepper, then you should enjoy it. It's just the only reason I would consider not um, eating nightshades would be just if somebody was in so much pain from arthritis that they really weren't enjoying their lives. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of stiffness. She could take a hot bath. She could you know, try dry brushing. There's so many other things that she could do. So, but you also have to respect the fact that she knows what she wants. Yeah. so many people, they're kind of lost. Like, it's like me and my coffee. Like, I love my morning coffee. I know it's bad for me. But, you know, life is short and full of pain. So I'm (laughs) going to drink that coffee.
0: Yeah, and then you can experiment with coffees from different sources that, you know, have different mineral elements from it because it comes from different soil and, you know.
1: Yeah, it's not all bad. And, you know, sometimes I'll even have a matcha latte instead. But you just have to, you know, find balance. Life is all about balance. And, you know, we want to – we're putting bodies to enjoy life. So as long as our bodies are clean and healthy and we can use them to experience the world around us, then we're we're fine.
0: Well, you have spent so much of your life really exploring health supportive modalities such as, like, iridology, colon hydrotherapy, nutrition and health and, and cooking – what are you really into right now in the health and wellness or spiritual space? Anything that has really kind of piqued your curiosity? You know, honestly, the gym for years,
1: I really only ate clean and like I was naturally fit because I did gymnastics as a kid, but as I'm getting older and um, riding horses more since the pandemic, like I've really noticed that I need to take care of my physical being. So I've been really into this Alexia Clark program. I mean, she's huge on social media, if you haven't heard of her, but she uses a lot of, like, functional workouts with weightlifting and HIIT, and I feel like when I do that, it just kind of complements all the other stuff because even when I did two colonics a week and ate nothing but juice and raw foods, when I really was behaving, I still had back pain, mm-hmm. and um, – since I started doing her program, like, I don't have back pain because I'm actually more balanced and strong in the right places. So. And also exercise is cleansing in and of itself because it brings more oxygen into the body and stimulates um, the, not only the muscles but the intestine to contract. So that's something I'm really into. Um, I'd like to say I'm into the cold baths that everybody's doing right now, but I'm a chicken. So I'll I'll just do my enema with warm water for similar effect. (laughs) um, Maybe one day.
0: Where do you turn to keep learning? So when you want to be inspired or you want to learn more about health and wellness or the culinary space or detoxing, is there any place that you turn to to keep learning?
1: Yeah, um, you know, that's a great question because I feel like I'm in a bit of a rut and I'd like to keep learning. So one Place that I look is um, I really like um, Mike Perrine's blog, Everyday Detox, because he's just so authentically detox-based. Like you know, that's my background. But because I've been trying to qualify for an ad network, I've been publishing lots of you know popular content like cookie recipes and things like that. Where he Mm -hmm. is just pure, unapologetically raw vegan. So I love um, listening to his stuff because it just reminds me of things I already know, and also I learn new things from him all the time. So that's one place I like to go to learn. Um, And it's easy because he's on Instagram. Yeah. Another one, honestly, like Jacques Pepin. What is it? Jacques Pepin. this old French chef. Yeah. And he's not health-based or anything like that, but he's just like a 90-billion-year-old chef who's been cooking homemade, fresh food since he was five years old. And whenever I watch his shows, I learn a new way to prepare something in a clean, healthy way. And I just love it. So, like, I could watch old episodes of Choco Pan for hours and hours, and I'll learn things that – because he cooked with Julia Childs, mm-hmm. people that wouldn't think of as healthy at all. But because his food is so clean and, like, peasant-style French food, mm-hmm. you really learn quite a bit of how you can apply his culinary technique to health supportive recipes.
0: Is there anybody that – you follow on Instagram or TikTok um in the health and wellness space that we should check out? Really Mike Preen.
1: I mean, I'm not very big on social media and I'd like to follow more, but um, there's like the medical there's, and then so I follow some colonic accounts. I'd have to look up their names specifically, but really Mike Preen is the main one I follow. And um, sometimes I like some Joe Rogan stuff. I find it interesting, you know, for a different perspective, but I'm not going to lie. I've had very little time to deep dive, but I do need like a refresher.
0: All in good time. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, maybe when we connect at the tastemakers conference in in Chicago. So. Yeah, and you can give me like the five names that I need to dive into, (laughs) and and I'll be looking for five names from you. So yeah, we can switch. I still like Fred Bishi. I mean, he's older, but his stuff
1: is still good and he still comes out with new content. So I do like his information as well.
0: Well, where can people learn more about you and eating works and buy your spice blend? Um, share how people can connect with you.
1: Sure. So, um, you can go to my blog, which is eatingworks.com. If you want to buy the spice blend, you just click on shop. It's right there, but, um, there's an Aaron tab. So if you care to read my not so exciting story you can click on it and it kind of tells you how I got into this shit business and why and uh and um and there's just tons of recipes on my website that are health supportive at all different levels from the raw vegan super clean to somebody just learning how to eat gluten-free so there's menu guides from there's just tons of information on there and uh, you could just email me or reach out to me on social media and I'm happy to answer any questions um, at eating works is my handle and um, on Facebook and all the places not TikTok yet.
0: Yeah. And if, if you guys are listening and you really want some new juice recipes or some new soup recipes, definitely visit eating works. Um, you know, marin has been juicing longer than anyone I know. So if you, someone's going to provide you with some guidance on new juice recipes so you aren't doing the same old, same old, she's, she's yeah. who to check out. Thanks.
1: Or you can just email me and I'll give you a few different combos. But the truth with juice is, I feel like you just need to find what you like.
0: Yeah. You had it's told like- me a recipe to do way back in the day that you had always recommended to college students that are on a budget. I think it was carrot, cabbage, and one other item, celery, it just, carrot and ca- just carrot and cabbage. Yeah. It's cheap, tastes, it tastes good, and it's easy. Thank you. Well, thank you so um, much for your time today, uh, Marin. It was so nice to connect over Zoom, and I can't wait to see you in person soon.
1: Same, too. I'm excited that we're both going to go to the Tastemakers Conference.
0: I know, me too, and we'll be able to catch yeah. up and then find healthy, yeah. delicious food to eat in Chicago. Thank you so much, Whitney. This was so much fun. My pleasure. Chat with you soon. Yes, talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my High Vibration Foods organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health.